0: Adams on Agriculture, brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. Cenex Premium Diesel, a more complete additive package for a more complete burn.
1: Informing America's farmers and ranchers, it's Adams on Agriculture. Produced by the American Ag Radio Network.
0: Here's your host, Mike Adams. So as we all learn each day how to uh, adapt and adjust to what's going on around us with the uh, coronavirus situation, we continue to look at how different sectors of agriculture are dealing with it. And to talk about the dairy industry, we're very happy to have with us the president and CEO of the National Milk Producers Federation, Jim Mulhern. Jim, good to talk with you again. Uh, can, give us an update on how the dairy industry is dealing with this situation. Well, thanks, Mike, and it's good to be with you this morning. Uh, the dairy industry, like uh,
2: all every part of the country and the u s. economy and frankly the world's economy, is uh, is struggling to deal with the uh, the Covid nineteen outbreak and uh, implications from both a public health standpoint and an economic standpoint. Those are going to be the challenges. You know, for dairy, we have issues along the entire supply chain, from the farm right through to uh, retail. And the issues there are supply chain, making sure that product is there. Um, the good news is that dairy cows are producing milk uh, 24/7. Uh, cows are being milked. That milk is going to market. Products being manufactured. There are no issues with getting product, um, you know, through the manufacturing process and to stores at this point. Other than we saw the, you know, the run this weekend on uh, the dairy section and virtually every other section of grocery stores throughout the country so this is going to have impact it is going to be with us for a while Uh, we're trying to prepare to deal with those impacts so far in terms of supply no issues but again we have you know labor issues we're going to have to be watching for the health of our workers our families um, all along that supply chain so it's certainly one that is a a cause for concern for everybody in the country and the world frankly
0: yeah the supply chain is the key and the old saying i think applies that you know the a chain is only as strong as its weakest link, and and there's so many links in that supply chain. And when if you start having workers that can't be at work, uh, that certainly uh, threatens that supply chain.
2: It does indeed, and that's really the you know the issue. At, you know, and you can look at this at every point in that continuum, Mike, from the farm right on through to retail. And uh, the these are all issues that we're mapping out and looking at and talking to federal agencies to ensure that any steps taken by the federal government don't, uh, you know, disrupt that supply chain. In fact, we need steps to maintain a smooth flow through the supply chain. Uh, But this is going to be a challenge for us for a while. We're hopeful that um, we can minimize any of those impacts, keep milk flowing, keep it delivered to stores. You know, demand, I think, is probably going to be up in terms of of home use because people are going to be more in the home. Um, so retail, you know, getting milk and dairy products to the stores is going to be important to keep them stocked. Food service, we could see some negative impact as restaurants throughout the country, you know, close or curtail hours or minimize uh, crowds in there uh, or go to, you know, carry out only. Uh, food service is there. We could expect to see impact. So this is going to be one that's going to, going to affect dairy, and we're going to have to deal with, uh, deal with this for some time.
0: Sometimes during emergencies or, or a crisis, decisions get made that seem like they're good at the time but can have long lasting impacts sometimes negative impacts I'm sure you're talking uh, with administration officials and and members of Congress about you know when you're when you enact something or you take steps uh, make sure uh, you know that there aren't unintended consequences or try to avoid some areas of concern right
2: well that's exactly right Mike and we're you know in a good position here at National Milk Producers Federation from the standpoint that our, um, our General Counsel, um, Clay Detlefson, is the uh, chairman of the U.S. government's uh, Food and Agriculture Sector Coordinating Council, which is one of, there are, there are 16 uh, critical infrastructure sectors that are overseen by the Department of Homeland Security, uh, and Clay has been uh, chairman of that group for, for many years. He works with all of the federal agencies involved in this, and for us, that's everything from from the White House through USDA, um, Food and Drug Administration, Environmental Protection Agency, FEMA, the uh, Emergency Management Agency, Homeland Security, and others, trying to coordinate a, a federal response. And the point you made in your question is, is spot on. You want to make sure the decisions you make don't have uh, negative, harmful, unintended consequences, um, and you've got to balance public health here with the need to keep food moving through the system and delivered to stores. So this group is working very closely um, through all the federal agencies and with the food and agriculture community to make sure that we're covering uh, those issues and addressing them effectively.
0: So even though there may be some spot shortages at your local grocery store, depending on you know that particular situation, overall the dairy supply chain is still open and and running well
2: the dairy supply chain is open is running well we have not seen major impacts yet Um, obviously you know we're watching this very closely and the you know one of the concerns certainly is that the processing sector if you know if we have um, worker illnesses you know that could cut back shifts uh, and then you have knockoff effects there of the inability to process as much product we're fully expecting to have negative impact uh, from this coronavirus situation on our industry. There's, there's no question about that. And um, what we need to do here in the in the near term is anticipate those challenges and make sure that we put uh, uh, policies and programs in place to try to deal with them. Can't predict them all. We don't know yet. Uh, but we are you know, working hand in glove with the federal agencies and in ongoing contact with members of Congress to let them know what we're seeing in the country with respect to the milk supply and the need, you know, the potential need down the road for policies to to address these problems.
0: All right, Jim, good to talk with you. Thank you for the update. Stay safe. Thank you for being with us. Thanks, Mike. Thanks for having me. Take care. Jim Mulhern, President and CEO of the National Milk Producers Federation. So the good news on the food side, we have the food, we have the supply. Uh, the challenge is going to be to keep that supply chain open and moving. And that may become more of a challenge moving forward, uh, depending on the uh, the health situation of the workers that are involved in that supply chain. So, again, we all have to work together, take care of each other, be mindful of each other, and each other's needs, and uh, working together, we'll get through this. Thank you very much for being with us. We'll continue tomorrow to take a look at the impact of uh, COVID-19 and uh, what are, what's being done to deal with it now and into the future Next on AOA. Adams on Agriculture, brought to you by Sinex Premium Diesel. Sinex Premium Diesel, diesel that doesn't mess around. Recently, on Adams on Agriculture. Well, we have the latest ag equipment sales numbers. Joining us now is Kurt Blades, Senior Vice President, Ag Services for the Association of Equipment Manufacturers. Kurt, thanks for joining us. Uh, let's give those numbers from February. What did we see? Well,
3: we uh, we kind of saw a mixed bag. Uh, you know, February is not necessarily always a, a super strong month for equipment sales. But we did see some softness in uh, in some of the areas and some strongness in in, in others. Uh, you know, for example, uh, you know, over forty horsepower tractors and articulated four wheel drive, we saw an increase uh, year over year, and that's actually you know showing an increase uh, for the year, uh, not just the month of February, but year to date. So we're pretty happy about those numbers. But some of the other categories, like combines and uh, uh, smaller tractors, we saw saw a little bit of decline uh, starting off this year. So it's it's a bit of a mixed
0: bag right now. For the information important to rural America, join us on Adams on Agriculture.
4: Whether you're on the road or in the field, you need more than typical number two diesel. You need a heavy duty diesel like Cenex premium diesel. It comes with a more complete additive package for a more complete burn. It's the diesel that keeps your equipment out of the shop and restores power by as much as four and a half percent and fuel economy by up to 5%. So ask yourself, if you could be any diesel, which diesel would you be? Senex Premium Diesel. Diesel that
3: doesn't mess around. It came in waves. Ruthlessly eliminating the new spectrum of hard-to-kill grassy weeds in wheat. Everest 3.0 Herbicide. A new formulation makes it brutal on yellow foxtail, foxtail barley, and other tough grasses. Everest 3.0 gets the weeds you see and the ones you know are coming. With flush after flush control. Ask your retailer about Everest 3.0. Wave after wave of grassy weed domination. Always read and follow label directions.
5: My mom's a breast cancer survivor. The United Breast Cancer Foundation saved her life. Their free breast cancer exam caught the cancer early, and it saved her life. But now the foundation needs your help so they can continue offering free or low-cost breast screening exams, saving more women's lives. Help them by donating your car, whether it's running or not. They'll provide fast, free 24-hour pickup, and you receive a charitable tax deduction. Plus, the great feeling you'll get knowing your donated car is going to help save more lives. Just call 800-745-3327 to set the wheels in motion. They take cars, trucks, vans, and SUVs, running or not call 800-745-3327 the united breast cancer foundation needs your help and your donation could literally save women's lives helping them catch breast cancer early like they did with my mom donate today 800-745-3327 800-745-3327 Adams
0: on agriculture is brought to you by cenex premium diesel with Cenex Premium Diesel, you can count on a diesel that will keep your operation in top shape. Information America's
1: farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now, back to Mike Adams.
0: And welcome back as we uh, continue to, uh, I think we have kind of working through all of our techno- technical difficulties here and hopefully... We are back and going, and again, thanks to Rusty Halverson for uh, filling in there at the beginning, bringing us up to date on uh, the news, and there's plenty of news going on, that's for sure, as we continue to look at the impacts of COVID-19 and how agriculture is dealing with it and handling it. As I mentioned, we'll be talking with Jeff Cooper, president and CEO of the Renewable Fuels Association here in just a moment, and also Juliana Potts. President and CEO of the North American Meat Institute, but we're we'll continue to look at the the situation that we have and how agriculture is dealing with it. Uh, uh, we're watching what Congress does. They're working on that third stimulus package, and uh, there's some differences that they're trying to work out between uh, Republicans, Democrats on that. We'll see what that includes. Uh, a number of different areas of agriculture are uh, reaching out and saying, "Hey, bro." throughout the supply chain there's going to be a lot of needs here to uh, keep workers employed or or be able to keep the supply chain moving so these are all key issues that we are looking at uh we're trying to get a hold of scott Irwin, university of illinois ag economist i'm not sure if scott's with us yet or not scott are you there
6: i am here i hope
0: very good yeah you are thank you very much um let's, let's talk about this situation i mean we're we're in such unknown territory here uh as we're dealing with the present, I can't help but thinking about the future. I think there's kind of a feeling in, in some people's minds: what well, when it's over, whenever that is, and we just go right back to normal. Uh, it seems to me that the uh, post COVID nineteen is going to look different than pre COVID nineteen in some ways. What do you think?
6: Oh, there's no doubt about it. There's this is going to be a big before and after. Uh, I agree with you, and it seems to me that it's highly unlikely that will just say, wake up in three weeks and it'll all be over. Uh, best case scenario is we're kind of able to, in stages, move back more to normal. Uh, this is going to take some time for sure.
0: When we look at a global economic shutdown like this, uh, there's a lot of talk about pent-up demand and it's all going to explode when, when this is over. How do you see this playing out?
6: Well, I do think, I mean, it's just really literally unbelievable what we're trying to get our minds around, but it could be something like this, Mike. I don't think we're going to see in the US gross national product a uh, probably much of an impact in the first quarter because it's really the second half, only this last two weeks of the last month of the quarter where i think the things are really going to begin to show up Uh, it's really the second quarter where i think we're going to see of 2020 the really big changes and you know just taking a real guess here i mean we've shut just shut people into their homes in california which is the biggest uh, chunk of our economy don't know how long that's going to last but we could see something as large as maybe a twenty-five uh, percent drop in our a gross domestic product. Uh, it's at some point in the third quarter. Uh, yet most of that could be recovered before the quarter's over. Uh, so it's uh, you know hard to really kind of war game out this situation.
0: Some say we're headed to recession. Some say we're in recession. Some worry about depression coming. How concerned are you about that?
6: Well, I tend to be a natural optimist. Uh, and so I'm I'm not in the Great Depression yet. First off, the definition of a recession is two consecutive quarters mm-hmm. of um, negative Uh, gross domestic product growth. And I really don't believe we're going to see quarter one negative. Um, So that means we have to see quarter two and quarter three negative growth rates. That means quarter three would have to be going down further from quarter two. And I just don't see that. So I think we're into um, maybe the best way that uh, I just thought of a term that might make sense to people in ag. We talk about having flash droughts. I think we might have a flash recession, and it might be in a in the, over a month or two uh, of a magnitude to the kinds of drops in GDP that we saw in the Great Depression, but uh, it's going it could conceivably occur over a uh, one to three month period, and we also have to remember that you know the u s government is going to uh, be injecting uh, massive amounts of fiscal stimulus into the economy as well. So all of this is rolling around. But I uh, I don't think that we're into anything like the Great Depression because that was something that took several years to develop and then you know most of a decade to play out. We're not we're not in that kind of situation. I also have faith that our medical community is going to come up with at least some treatments that will help help us get through this. And uh, I also believe that we'll get a vaccination treatment, um, I think probably in six to nine months. We're going to speed this up because we have a Manhattan Project-style effort going on in the worldwide global community. So uh, if I had to summarize, Mike, I'd say I think we're in for a pretty rough three months, uh, but I'm... Um, cautiously optimistic
0: after that flash recession you might want to copyright that might catch on like social distancing you know so you might have something there uh let's talk about uh what we're seeing with restaurants shutting down and more you know so now our supply chain is going to strictly pretty much strictly retail and we're also seeing Now these trends that we're already developing, I think, will grow even more. Online shopping, home food deliveries. Do you think we'll see a a dramatic change in that food delivery system moving forward, or do we kind of go back more uh, in those areas uh, closer to where we were?
6: I think that we'll see, I think this will be a sea tide change in our Mm -hmm. work life, I think we're probably going to find that we can do a lot more through telecommuting. I also think we're going to find a lot of problems. So I think that we'll go back probably maybe more than some people think, but we're also going to learn to be more flexible. Um, that's, That's my view.
0: How do you see all this impacting ag markets moving forward?
6: Well, it's been very interesting to watch. The grain markets have not been hammered anywhere near as hard as the livestock, crude oil, and the stock market, which is interesting. Uh, And I think we're reacting to probably mainly uh, recovery we're seeing in the Chinese economy. So uh, I think the big question hanging over the ag economy right now is simply keeping the supply chain rolling um and particularly as it impacts milk milk meat and eggs i think that's priority number one right now
0: which so far that has stayed open now we have some shortages in some grocery stores that's just a heavy demand in a short period of time but uh uh, for the most part everything's getting restocked uh so we'll uh Again, we're fortunate there, but it, it, it does show the importance of that supply chain, I think making people realize how many links there are in that supply chain.
6: Absolutely. Uh, you know, you think of uh, you know, a loaf of bread in the grocery store. Uh, you know, the uh, miller has to have an adequate supply of wheat of different kinds. And then they have to have their labor force working at the wheat mill, and then they have to send that to the bakery, and then you have to have delivery trucks, you know, they have an entire distribution system, and then the grocery store has to be open. You know, that's just one example out of thousands.
0: Maybe one of the things that will come out of this, people will stop and think a little bit more about about their food, where it comes from, what it takes to get it to them. Uh, I don't know, sometimes memories can be short and we forget quickly, but uh, uh, maybe this will call a little more attention and awareness and hopefully appreciation to what we have in this country, which is uh, such an advantage and such a, uh, a blessing compared to what other countries, I've, I've said this before, Scott, I'd hate to be going through this, worried about, do we have any food? I mean, we have the food and uh, we don't have to be dependent on another country for it. And that's a that's a great blessing.
6: Uh, absolutely, and just one anecdote that I found uh, quite interesting uh, in terms of people's preferences. You know, clearly we are going through a, an emergency, a panic, or a little bit with some aspects of panic and hysteria. Hey,
0: and, Scott, you know, Scott, can you h- hang on just a second? We got to take a break. Stay with us. We'll come back okay. and get that from you. Stay with us. You're listening to AOA. Synex Premium Diesel comes with a more complete additive package for a more complete burn to optimize performance in all engines.
1: Adams on Agriculture. Conversations with policymakers. The movers and shakers in the ag industry. The pros and cons of issues important to you. Cutting through the spin to get to the heart of a topic and giving you the information you need to know. Every weekday, Mike Adams brings you guests important to the ag industry. It's quite simply information farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture.
7: If your soil could talk, what would it say? If it's healthy, it may already be saying some good things about your future. Because farmers who use soil health building systems that include no-till, cover crops, and diverse species and rotations report greater productivity, profitability, and resiliency to weather extremes. Learn more about what your soil is saying about its health and your future. Contact your local USDA Natural Resources Conservation Service office today. This message brought to you by USDA and this radio station.
8: Time now for a market check here on Adams on Agriculture. I'm Rusty Halverson from the American Ag Network. In the grain and oil seed sector, we are trending higher in early activity on this Friday. According to Chinese, buyers have made their first wave of major grain export purchases. That according to USDA. The Ag Department saying that China bought 756,000 metric tons of U.S. corn for delivery during the 2019-2020 marketing year, while buying 340,000 tons of hard red winter wheat. On top of that, 110,000 tons of soybeans sold to unknown destinations. The purchases supporting early price activity. Wheat prices have been rising in Chicago and in Europe as consumers dash to buy staple foods in the coronavirus pandemic. Scrambles supply chains. Chicago Wheats an hour into the day. July new crop up five and a quarter at 537 and a half. Kansas City July up seven and a quarter at 476 and a half. Minneapolis spring wheat July up six and a quarter, 534 and three quarters. September up six and a quarter at 542 and three quarters. In corn futures, July up a penny and a half, 352 and a half. December up two and a half three sixty five and three quarters of a cent in soybeans july up twelve and a quarter eight sixty and a quarter november up fourteen cents at eight sixty two and a half for livestock at the Merck, we've got a cattle on feed report coming out later on this afternoon april live cattle up four and a half dollars ninety nine sixty june up two dollars eighty cents ninety one seventy two feeder cattle april up five dollars eighty seven cents at one hundred twenty dollars per hundred weight April Lean Hogs up $2.25, $6340. Outside markets, Dow up $191. p up six. April crude oil down a dollar twenty-seven. You're listening to AOA. I'm Rusty Halverson from the American Ag Network.
9: 180 over 111, and I had a stroke. When I woke up, I couldn't speak or walk. 145 over
8: 92, and then I had a heart attack.
10: 180 over 110 and I had a stroke and I'm 33 so I never see this coming. If you've come off your treatment plan get back on it or talk with your doctor to create an exercise diet and
0: medication plan that works for you. Go to loweryourhbp.org. I had to tell everything's changed at to tell. Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Medical Association and the Ad Council. And welcome back. We're talking with Scott Irwin, University of Illinois Ag Economist. Jeff, uh, Scott, before the break, we were talking about uh, how fortunate we are. We have the food supply. Uh, It's just critical to keep the the food chain open. And and fortunately, that supply chain has stayed open so far. We're just concerned about uh, the vulnerability of workers, uh, truckers, uh, workers in processing plants and making sure they stay healthy because uh, that would cause major problems if uh, there was a an outbreak in, say, a plant or something like that. So, uh, but overall, when we look at other countries dealing with this that are also dependent on someone else for their food, uh, that would be an even worse situation.
6: Absolutely, um, you know, we really do have overall the finest food system in the world, and I just like to say I think that there's a lot of heroes out there uh that uh i want to uh, say thank you to uh from the uh, truck drivers hanging out there to the uh, workers that are uh loading those trucks and unloading them to the people still going to the plants uh everyone involved in the supply chain they're heroes in my books
0: yeah for sure and you know there are a lot of heroes the folks you mentioned uh uh, I think of our medical personnel, the doctors and the nurses uh, that are really in the front lines now fighting the, this uh, this virus and and the challenge of keeping them healthy so they can help keep us healthy. So I mean, it, we realize how much of a team effort this has to be.
6: Absolutely, you know, this is uh, a time when it is important for every one of all uh, political uh, stripes and of uh, every kind of background to help each other out and come together because this is an unprecedented crisis that we, like we've like we never um, experienced before. And I like to think of it as a big uh, test of our national character. And I have faith in that. And I think we're going to see you know, literally millions of stories uh, like this of, of heroes out there that are, that are stepping up.
0: Have you ever seen anything like this, a total shutdown of an economy like this?
6: No, um, it, probably the only thing that is comparable uh, in terms of this kind of contraction uh, was after the fall of the Berlin Wall and the uh, uh, change over the ex-Soviet Union government and then that dissolution, there was a huge economic contraction there, but that took you know, quite a bit of time. You know, even in World War II, the losers, Japan and Germany, um, I don't know the exact dimensions, but it was huge. But nothing over literally a few weeks like this. It's As far as I know, uh, Mike, it's never
0: happened. Mm-hmm. Which makes it difficult. I, you know, I hear a lot of... This, uh, in Washington, this second-guessing and criticizing, should do this, should have done that. I mean, we're we're in uncharted territory. There's no playbook to go back, to fall back on. So, uh, yeah, our mistakes going to be made? Yes, but I, you know, when you're in these kind of times, I mean, it's not like you can say, well, this is how it was done back so that year or that year because there's nothing to compare it to.
6: Exactly. This does remind me of if you I'd love to read history, and if you look at uh, either the Civil War or World War II, um, you know their wars are filled with mistakes and massive uh, problems, but it's really about how the winning side uh, figures it out and addresses those problems. They're going to happen, and it's all about how we figure out things from here forward.
0: And we're already seeing that when we can get everybody on the same page, federal, state, local authorities and agencies and entities working together, uh, we can get a lot done in in a hurry. So hopefully we can get more of that cooperation moving forward. All right. want to switch now to um, an area of the ag economy that's really hurting right now. And that's the biofuel sector. Uh, a lot of things happening. We've got people not driving, people staying at home, so fuel consumption's down. We've got a price war going on in, uh, uh, you know, in in the global markets. So uh, that that drops oil prices, good for consumers at the pump, but not good for the for the ethanol industry. And this is really a tough time for them.
6: Absolutely, and you know it's important to remember that the you know they might think okay we've got this safety net of the rfs mandates and and that is true but uh right now for 2020 those have already been decided and they've always been implemented on a as a percentage mandate once you get into the year so that there's some flexibility and you know this is an incredible situation where let's say for some period of time you know miles driven might drop by 50%. Who knows? And so for that period of time, the mandated amount of ethanol will drop just in in lockstep with that overall drop in the use of gasoline, and there's just nothing that can be done about it. Um, but I would say, you know, a, a glimmer of, of light there is, I really don't think one way or another, I do not see this lasting... Like what we're going through right now, m- more than maybe two, three months. And when we come out of that, we're going to have massive fiscal stimulus. We're going to have, uh, I don't, we're going to have extremely low gasoline prices. And so we could just have kind of a head snapping turnaround in the usage of gasoline and pent up travel, pent up demand to go see people. Uh, I think. Uh, that on the other side of this red light, I think there's a green light coming on the biofuels that could be kind of uh, equally head-snapping in the other direction.
0: Well, let's hope so. Let's hope for a big rebound. Scott, thank you for being with us. Appreciate it very much.
6: Uh, always a pleasure. Thank you.
0: Be, be safe. Scott Irwin, University of Illinois Ag Economist. Um, we're still waiting to talk with Jeff Cooper with the Renewable Fuels Association. But in the meantime, uh I talked just a few moments ago with Juliana Potts, president and CEO of the North American Meat Institute, and I asked her how the meat industry is dealing with these changes and what's going on with this global pandemic.
11: The meat industry is leaning in. Um we see uh, terrible uh, you know frustration obviously with um uh, shortages at grocery stores when you walk in and you see, you know, empty meat cases. Um, but the fact is that uh, there's plenty of uh, food in the system. There's plenty of meat in storage. And it's just a question of, in, you know, it's a demand issue and not a supply issue. Um, that said, uh, we are doing everything possible uh, working together collaboratively with other organizations, our producer groups, uh, other food industry trade associations, and our government to ensure that our Um, packer processor plants uh, stay open and that the folks who work there stay healthy and, and are able to come to work to continue producing meat and getting it into stores for consumers to purchase.
0: How are companies working with their employees throughout the supply chain to make sure it stays open and moving?
11: Uh, Lots of communication. I think um, what we have learned from uh, other countries uh, has has been instructive um, where you have a lot of confusion and fear. The best thing um, for companies to do is to continue to to communicate um, coronavirus uh, implant plans um, and procedures, as well as communicating what the federal government and local and state health authorities are doing to keep people safe. One of the things I'd like to stress is just how important our frontline workers are in our plants to keep things moving. Uh, Our truck drivers, um, our retail, uh, checkout folks, and and stockers in our grocery stores. These, in effect, are our heroes through this in terms of meat supply uh, and food supply and and the whole chain functioning through this crisis. So we want to give a big shout out to those folks uh, who are going to be and need to be working through this uh, to keep the rest of us um, uh, home so that we can bend that curve down on the virus and get back to normal as quickly as possible
0: i know you're working closely with state and federal officials um, government agencies is there anything any help or assistance that's needed to ensure that the supply chain stays open
11: there are several things that are needed um, very very shortly uh, i think with as uh, and and one thing that that happened yesterday, I'll share with you that was very important. Department of Homeland Security issued uh, guidance on critical infrastructure and more detail on food and agriculture. So really, uh, v- making it very clear to state and local officials uh, who supplies food uh, and it's clear that it's processing and all of the uh, supply chain components uh, that are essential for folks to for our plants to continue to run so sanitation um, utilities uh, 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 waste removal those sorts of things and it's all that web of folks and there, and people moving things through the system that will ensure that we're that we're working. And I think our, our White House task force on on the supply chain understands that. I think our um, uh, Food and Drug Administration and USDA uh, Food Safety Inspection Service have been terrific. Um,
0: That's Juliana Potts. President and CEO of the North American Meat Institute. Stay with us. You're listening to AOA Adams on Agriculture. <music> Adams on Agriculture brought to you by Cinex Premium Diesel. Cinex Premium Diesel diesel that doesn't mess around.
10: No word in the English language is less convincing
3: cherish the good but always be prepared for life's challenges at private health care we provide the peace of mind you deserve with private health care you'll get the coverage you want and health care you need if your employer doesn't supply health care coverage and you don't qualify for medicare or medicaid you need to give us a call right now private health care is private health insurance for ages 65 and under with medical dental vision and even prescription coverage
10: Recently, on Adams on Agriculture, we're talking with Iowa Senator Charles Grassley.
0: I want to go to another topic, and that is the administration's response to the Tenth Circuit Court ruling on small refinery exemptions.
6: Uh, you know, I was offended by the attempts to have the, the, the appeal made. So then, uh, I don't know whether my letter or phone calls or anybody else's phone calls made any difference but it's at least a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel that they're going to put off for a couple weeks so maybe they're rethinking what we told them but how do you know in this business uh... if if you convince the president of anything and he uh, did it because you said so he's not going to let you know anyway so i don't know where we are but i'm satisfied that maybe we got some time to work on it.
0: For the information important to rural America, join us on Adams on Agriculture.
9: Adams on Agriculture prides itself on bringing
4: And money? Well, it's the whole reason we go to work every day. Senex Premium Diesel protects both. With a more complete additive package for a more complete burn, Senex Roadmaster XL helps your entire fuel system stay up and running, so you can count more profits and steer clear of losses. Now don't spend all that free time in one place, unless it's the highway. Senex Premium Diesel. Diesel that doesn't mess around.
0: Adams on Agriculture is brought to you by Synex Premium Diesel. With Synex Premium Diesel, you can count on a diesel that will keep your operation in top shape.
1: Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know.
0: Adams on Agriculture. Now, back to Mike Adams. And welcome back to Adams on Agriculture. Certainly farming is a risky job any time of the year, but we know the stakes are especially high in the spring. It's a really tight window usually to get out there and get the field work done, and everyone's in a hurry and cannot afford uh, downtime. While there are many unknowns that farmers can't control, that doesn't mean planning has to be just a guessing game. There are certain things you can do, certain things that are in your control. Today we're talking with Mimi Falkman, a lubricants expert with Senex, the energy brand of CHS. We're talking about some smart, easy ways for farmers to reduce risk going into planting time. Mimi, thanks for joining us. Why is spring such a risky time of year on the farm?
9: Thanks for having me, Mike. You know, spring does definitely bring a variety of unknowns for many farmers. I mean, let's be honest, Mother Nature isn't always predictable, which, of course, can directly relate to when farmers are able to get in the field. I mean, if you take a look, obviously, in the north and in the past few weeks, we've had such drastic temperature fluctuations, and sometimes it can be in, like, the upper 50s, other times it's lower 20s, um, which can prolong that, that time frame that it takes for the actual field and the ground to thaw. Um, Other customers in our area, obviously, during this time, experience an excessive amount of rain, too, um, and flooding, which can be caused while that ground is thawing. So all of these can set that farmer's time frame back, and it can become a race against the clock, which is why it's important to prepare now and mitigate those other risks that they can control.
0: So when it comes to their equipment, what can farmers do to reduce risk?
9: So that's a great question. Obviously, equipment is critical to getting that crop in the ground as quickly as you can. And so you don't want to gamble with the chance that it might fail when you're in the middle of planting season. So there are three easy uh, things that we recommend to customers so that they can feel prepared and have confidence that their equipment's going to run throughout the time frame that they need to. So the first of those three is that farmers should check the outside of their equipment. Um, they should clean any obstructions or any debris that's been left over from harvest. And they should just take a general walk around the unit to make sure that there is any dents or any body work that needs to be done before they get in the field. It's probably been about four months for most people since they've looked at that piece of equipment. So just getting familiar with it again, making sure it's prepared for the work that it needs to do um, will be critical. That second thing I would recommend is that farmers should check the inside of their equipment too. And this is actually really easy. So if farmers can take a sample of the oil that's already in their equipment, and they get that tested, they'll be able to see if there are any other um, underlying issues that might be occurring inside there before they become a bigger problem. It's basically like a, a blood test that you get when you go to the doctor, right? So they take your blood, they test you, they make sure that um, there isn't anything that might be a red flag that co- c- could cause bigger issues um, down the line. And I'd say lastly that farmers should take the time now to stock up on the items that they need to have on hand this season. So, I mean, another trip to the store if you have if you've forgotten something during planting season is just another hour that's wasted. So, by stocking up now on many parts or um, filters or high-quality lubricants, you'll be prepared for going into planting and you'll have everything locked up and buttoned up to make sure that it goes as smoothly as possible. And like I said, quality lubricants is a huge piece of that. So uh, stocking up on diesel engine oils, tractor hydraulic fluid, uh, greases, and other products that can reduce the risk of equipment failure is really critical.
0: Yeah, they may not think about it, but uh, quality lubricants do play a role in reducing risk.
9: They definitely do. I mean, they're built and they're engineered and they're tested to protect those key components that your equipment um, relies on and needs in order to operate efficiently.
0: So they should be talking to their local uh, Synex lubricants dealer now, right?
9: They should, yes. So they should definitely reach out to their local Senex lubricant dealer, which they can find um, by visiting Senex.com. And they should just have an open conversation about some of the issues that they're experiencing um, maybe in past seasons that they just thought were part of the process and see if there's a better, higher quality lubricant that they could make a small investment in now to help um, offset those additional bigger costs that are caused by that Type of equipment failure or a bearing going out um, so that they are prepared for um, this planting season.
0: That's Mimi Falkman, a lubricants expert with Synex, the energy brand of CHS. Mimi, thanks for sharing the information. Thanks for being with us.
9: Thank you, Mike. Appreciate the time.
0: All right. So as we wrap things up for today, we did not get the chance uh, we couldn't get hooked up with jeff cooper president and ceo of the renewable fuels association we'll do that at another time but did want to again highlight uh, what's happening with the ethanol industry they're really struggling a lot of things happening right now less travel uh, lower gas prices uh, you know just a combination of things hitting the industry all at once and several u.s. ethanol plants have drastically cut back on their production or even idled or looking at the decisions of idling plants as uh, they deal with this situation and jeff cooper uh, has said on a teleconference yesterday that uh, they expect ethanol production to fall even further and that they are calling on epa to ease the strain on the industry by ceasing to grant the small refinery waivers from the renewable fuel standard as the spread of uh, coronavirus has disrupted business, travel, and our daily lives. uh, It looks like this is going to go on for a while. And uh, so the industry, the ethanol industry, is calling on EPA to stop granting these small refinery exemptions, one way that would help during this uh, very difficult time. But uh, you're looking at plants idling, workers uh, being laid off. So they're also looking at how can the government help part of all these stimulus packages and assistance that's going on um, a lot of these AG related businesses are going to be impacted by this and already are being impacted by this. Well with that we wrap it up. what a week it has been. Uh, we urge you to be careful be safe have a good weekend and hope you'll be back with us on Monday right here on AOA. Synex Premium Diesel comes with a more complete additive package for a more complete burn to optimize performance in all engines.
1: Hey, it's me, your cell phone. We need to talk about something, something serious. I know you love me. I know you like using me wherever you are, but I feel like this isn't working out when you're driving. I know you may think that it's possible to focus both on me and the road, but I just don't feel the same way. I think we should spend time away from each other when you're driving. It's for the best.
7: Visit StopTextStopRex.org. A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. Did you ever ride your bike with a pin and a baseball card? Or use a typewriter for a school paper? Then here's a timely alert. Americans born from 1945 to 1965 are five times more likely to have hepatitis C, which often has no symptoms but is a leading cause of liver cancer. The good news? Treatments are available that can cure hepatitis C. Talk with your doctor about getting a blood test for hepatitis C. Know for sure. A message from the CDC. and distribution so if you've written a novel children's book cookbook inspirational work poetry or a biography and want to get it published then you need to call page publishing and do it immediately call 800-955-4538 now for your free author submission kit again for your free author submission kit call 800-955-4538 that's 800-955-4538 Your road to fame and fortune could very well start with this simple phone call. Call Page Publishing at 800-955-4538 for your free author submission kit.